No one raised their hand. This is Duke, one of the best schools in the country, and one of the best classes at Duke. You'd think someone raises their hand, some of the smartest kids in the country. No one raised their hand. And then the podcast host raises his hand, spurts out this idea that him and his buddy came with the night before. Pretty terrible idea. It's like a sushi Chick-fil-A style, or like a sushi Chipotle <laughs> business, right? This is my first million. I love this oh, story. Oh, I love that Told the story so many times. And so he comes up, pitches that idea, and the VC goes, wow, I'm not investing in that business. <laughs> but... You should start it. Hello, everyone. On this episode of Overdue, we had Austin Majors, a fellow sophomore and also a fellow Austin at U of I. Uh, in this episode, he pretty much explained how he founded Brothers Nuts in 2017 with his brother, some of the like struggles that they've encountered along the way and experiences throughout, whether that be talks with Shark Tank's producer, pitching Whole Foods, or flying out to LA for the artist he is currently managing. Austin is an all-around founder, and more importantly, me and Isar can attest, as well as you guys will be able to by the end of this episode. He is a great person as well, so I hope you all enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to Overdue, where we cover the stories of certified project starters and ambitious entrepreneurs, from college students to accomplished professionals. Or those uh, you had a you you and Aiden similar paths, right? What do you mean? Well, you know he went to community. He did. Yeah, transferred in here. Mm-hmm. You guys both like started your like thing. When did you actually start Brothers Nuts? Okay, well actually, pause. Well, no, no, no. That, that, well, well here, let's let's like define what it is. Okay, yeah. let's say um we're gonna do two two things real quick. Professionally, if you're pitching in a store, yeah. like what are you saying? Like saying to me, maybe I'm the store director. Yeah, yeah. What would you say? I'm Austin. Um, I'm with Brothers Nuts, a uh, one of a kind, um, sprouted organic nut company um, we offer some of the healthiest snacks on the planet that taste amazing because um, so often health and flavor aren't synonymous and if something's healthy it probably doesn't taste good if something tastes good you don't want to look at the ingredients or the, the nutrition facts so we offer a snack that's the best of both worlds from the way we source our nuts to the way we take three days to make a bag to the way we make them here in illinois to the in- ingredients we use everything is everything has a process to it everything is very intentional from where we source why we source the badges, the certifications we have. Um, and I, lately, I've been really using the slogan, you deserve a snack that works as hard as you do. Um, because, and, and that's really true. I mean, so often, these corporations, they, um, it, they're just getting everything for the cheapest possible, the, cheap, the cheapest possible price. Um, which I actually, there's so much I can go into on that. And you, you get a snack that probably has calories, and, but there's no nutrients in it. There's, there's no nutrients. There's no health benefits. It, it's doing the exact opposite. And why... Why we're so passionate about it here at Brothers Nuts, right? Not only, you know, let's all go back to the story, but um, we, so we made it for my dad who had cancer for seven years, right? And like when he passed in 2017, I was 13. That was kind of like his legacy to us. But more so, why we're so passionate at Brothers Nuts is because if we can change how the world snacks, which is, let's be honest, we snack every day, right? You grab chips, you grab fruit, right? Everyone's snacking every single day. It's human nature. So we can just change those little snacks because the typical excuse by modern medicine and big corporations and just people in general is in moderation. They say, well, in moderation, that sugar additive is not bad for you. That's cool. But I mean, in moderation, when you eat something daily for 40 years of your life, that does not sound like moderation to me. Uh, Am I crazy to say that? I hope not. Um, Yeah. So if we can just start changing the snacks people are eating on a daily basis, That'll, that'll, inf- that'll influence them to probably eat a little bit of a healthier meal and live a little bit of a longer, healthier life with their family. Um, I, I really think we could just 
there's so much we can do for everyone by offering just a healthy snack. So although it's, you know, a healthy snack, um, I think it does a lot more. Yeah. Damn. Wow. Wow. I was like, okay, that, that is, that was. I had some prep today. I was doing oh, some it, sampling this morning. Oh, no, I'd so imagine. I'm a little bit in the mood. I'd imagine. It's not like you're like passionate about it or anything. Like, it's not like this has been like, you know, like, <laughs> but wow, man. Like, okay. Well, um, I wasn't expecting that. I go for a little, of, uh, I, 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 there's so many side no, tangents. No, I know. There's, I go down a little there's bit. There's a lot to, to unpack there. back. A lot to unpack yeah. there. First thing that would like come to my mind, like that you like briefly mentioned in there mm. that I also think would contextualize the rest of the conversation is you briefly mentioned on why it was founded. And, yeah. and the, would you be able to talk a little bit more and expand on that? Yeah, I, I can get, I can get kind of in depth and you guys can see what you like. Um, so, right. Um, I, I've grown up. My family was always a weird family. Uh, I never drank milk, right? We had almond milk in the house. <laughs> we had like the weird cereal. We'd eat like pizza from Whole Foods. And my friends would always be like, you know, they'd be like, what the heck is this? Um, it actually tasted pretty good though. Um, so yeah, so just really unique foods and everything. My dad was a chiropractor. Um, grew up in like Peru, LaSalle, Illinois, really small town. Actually went to Illinois. Um, and, you know, was an entrepreneur my entire life, right? Starting his own practice, building other practices, selling practices, combining practices, and he was then my parents were very just open about the business they were doing, right? What they were doing, why they were doing it, how they were doing it. So, you know, entrepreneurship, I, I really saw it as I was growing, as I was growing up. And so in 2010, my father was handed a, a life-changing diagnosis. They said, hey, you have stage four brain cancer spread to the body. Um, it was in Chicago. They, they, they told him, they're like, hey, get your affairs in order. They're like, you're probably going to die. Um, there was really no solution at the time they even handed it to him. They just handed him a death, how much longer was left. And um, so my dad had the choice. He could either listen to the diagnosis or we have a picture. He wheeled himself out of the hospital, like 110 pounds, 120 pounds. He's like as tall as you, Austin. Um, right. Wheeled himself out of it, flew to like Nevada, flew to Spain, um, met some really good people who just – and then through diet, through, through just – through not using a lot of what people were telling him to do, he was able to just reverse that cancer and live for another seven years. Right. And after the five-year mark, 2015, he could say he was cancer-free. He was cured, um, which is a really big moment for us. And so in those seven years of living, you know, what should have been seven weeks probably, um, everything changed. His diet, his lifestyle, his work. Right At that point, he started, he started speaking around the world. Um, and so, so often, he was always researching and posting and whatnot, and he always on the just – always in the new trends, what, what was coming out. And so we started hearing about sprouting and sprouting nuts. So when you eat nuts, nuts and seeds, uh, there's kind of like three types. There's roasted, which you guys are familiar with. There's raw, which everyone's familiar with. And then there's sprouted. So kind of like raw is like the mid tier. Roasted's the bad tier, probably going down. And then uh, sprouted's like the, 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 the best version possible. So when you eat a roasted nut or seed, it's a lot of high heat, Kills all nutrients. I mean, think about it. Like, yeah. if you threw veggies in the in a pan and cooked it forever, all the nutrients get out of it. Same thing happens when you roast it, high heat. And when it's raw, so often you can't digest it properly in your gut, so you can't get all the nutrient absorption out of it. But with sprouting, it's a three-day process, kind of simulates that a nut's supposed to grow, fall off the bush, fall off the tree, and then grow again. And in that process of getting soaked in water, it releases all this bad stuff, aphytic acid, bad enzymes makes it much easier to digest, much tastier, much crunchier. Um, I wish Austin could try them. Um, <laughs> I'm allergic to nuts yeah. for context. <laughs> Unfortunate. Unfortunate. Unfortunately. I was growing up drinking, real quick. I was growing up drinking, take one guess. 
Soy milk. Wow. No, no, no. That was my guess. That was my guess. No, that was okay. Because when it started, oh, it was milk. like soy and almond. Yeah, oat milk something on the rise lately. I love oat. But yeah, I'm I'm a fan as well. I'm a fan of oat milk. Continues, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I kind of went off there. So ha- how it started, right? My dad for those seven years of living was just on the cutting edge. One day, um, my mom and we we were just like we were toying with flavors, and we made this flavor. And my dad had a friend, another chiropractor, who was having this really big event, like the next month in Wisconsin. And so when he was there with his family, just they, they, st- they stayed the night for the weekend. And um, we had the dehydrators running, which with the sprouting, you use dehydrators, low heat ovens, so you don't roast them, kill the nutrients. Um, really unique machines. And, um, and so he saw us making them. He was like, wow, these are good. Oh, these are your, you guys made them? We're like, yeah. You know, we made them with our mom. We made them. Um, he's like, good. He's like, you want to come sell them at my event? And at that point, I was like, 12 maybe my brother was like 13 14 i was maybe 11 we were small um we didn't have the name of the company we didn't have packaging we didn't have bags we just had this little batch room with our mom and the guy was like yeah come sell it my dad was of course brothers and some nuts (laughs) that's exactly what it was you know we started with just bags from the local store we used staples to close a bag don't want to do that it's not what you're supposed to do um stickers to close a bag so crazy how we just got thrust into it and then um after my father passed um in 2017 which was it was it was really quick how it happened, um, and so after that, how people showed their support were they would just buy nuts. So like we got thrust like we we had people just in our kitchen just making nuts like Jan January twenty seventeen. Uh, I think we did like I don't know like should I say a number for what we did that first month? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we did like twenty thirty grand in the first month. Wow, okay. which That's is awesome. um that was just outpouring from like the people to show support, which was it, we were forced to do it. Right. And then like that, that was pretty sustained for the next couple of years, just of people supporting and wanting to support. And the product was great. So, you know, your dad was a good guy. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we had a celebration of life after instead of a funeral, which was uh, just so many people just came through. And yeah, no, it's um, it, it was it was really good. And yeah, you definitely just saw how many people's lives he impacted for sure. For sure. And then um, and it's just transparently, honestly, like I was 13. Right. Um. I was going through a lot emotionally as a human, you know, a, a lot of change in my life. So I wasn't really that focused um, on the business, especially 13, 14, 15, 16. I mean, I was in high school, middle school. Um, the business was running. It was doing decent numbers. I mean, at one point we even had a deal with Oberweiss Dairy um, in the wow. midst of that. Wow. But I just wasn't super into it, right? I was so young. Um, at that point, it was mostly like my older brother and like my, my, my mom who were helping do it. And then at this point, we have my, my stepdad who's really helping out too. Um, and so the business was growing and running in spite of me. Like I just really wasn't doing anything. And then 17, 18 year old hit. Now I'm 19. And I was like, okay, I should probably work on this. I should probably work on this. And since then, um, probably starting around what, 2020, um, that's when we started locking in our first retailer. Um, and then COVID hit. So then we, that whole cycle happened. So now present day, we're in all the fresh times in the next couple of weeks here. So it's about 70 stores plus another 10 plus another ton of so nearly 100 retailers across the Midwest right now. That's so Couple awesome, in California. Man. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's um, it's a lot. How so? So now you're you started from like that small, obviously selling to one person, yeah. and now you guys are at like 100 retailers. Can you yeah. kind of take us through like how it went or like what what you guys had to do to get to that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's 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 no playbook. There's no textbook. Right. There's nothing they could teach you at this school. There's nothing they could probably teach you at Harvard that would probably prepare you for 
13 years old running a nut company. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's, it's really just, it's really just trial and error, right? Um, I, I use the analogy, which I don't know if I love it now, but it's like, you know, you, you throw yourself in the fire and like you, you have to figure out how to get out. You know, you're in a house on fire. You gotta, you gotta find a window. You gotta find a door. Yeah. You gotta get, you gotta get out of it somehow. And so that, that's kind of what we did. You just, just throw yourself in the water. You just, you know, sink or swim. Um, and that's what we did. Uh, and so the first Overwise deal happened, like I said, um, lost it. Well, all that happened was, you know, we learned like, okay, we, we produced these big batches, didn't have the quality control in place. That didn't work. Product wasn't good. It wasn't going to sell. Um, let's try again. And so when we got them again this year, we crushed it. Um, so how, how we've got these retailers. So it's kind of, an, we, the idea of momentum is a really big deal, right? Pushing that boulder up the hill. Once you get it to the top, it's much easier after that. Um, finding product market fit. And so a big part of that for us was uh, when we cold emailed and we cold called the CEO of Fresh Time. Um, they just recently had a changeover uh, to a new then, CEO. Sorry, Fresh Time is a... Fresh Time's a grocery store. So okay, it's so it's like a Mariano's. Farmer's Market. Similar. Similar? Okay. It's um, it's like a organic store with a small conventional side of things. Okay, so like it's more of a... a smaller Whole Foods? Yes. Okay. It's okay. similar to Whole Foods, not as healthy, not as expensive. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. More Mar- Mariano's, but le- like, oh, shoot. Mariano's is like a Whole Foods and Jewel mixed. And the Fresh Times is like a Whole Foods and Jewel, but like less Jewel more Whole Foods. It's complicated. It's a really unique store. Um, a lot of cool products in there. They just got bought by Meyer, big big company Meyer. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the changes were happening. And um, cold call, we cold emailed the CEO. My brother did just off of a, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like I'm running this company. I'm going to go to college next year. I, I, I'm looking for advice. And that guy took it as, oh, they want to get into my store. And then sent out an email. And we, within the next couple of weeks, we were sitting down with his entire buying team, um, which was pretty cool. That was January, January February 2020. As we all know, for the next couple of years, everything changed. And some BS that happens with the, go- the grocery and CPG, consumer packaged goods business, and just the retail store business, is that buyers switch out over and over again. So um, we, we were talking to one person, following up for a year, and then right when we were about to get to the table, they left. <coughs> New person. Nurture, 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 build up relationship, they left. And so by this time, it was like 2022, Finally, we got into like three stores. After a year being in three stores, crushing it, owning it, um, we, we went back and said, hey, give us 30. Yeah, you gave us 30 stores, beginning of this year. Within six months, we were doing so well that they gave us another, all the rest of them. So now we're in all 70, 71 stores. Um, and that, like I said, that, that took, I mean, it's 2023 now. So it's, it's been t- taking us three years. And like I said, the idea of momentum. So this past summer, I was able to pitch other stores in Northern Illinois, Sunset Foods, uh, Brookhaven Marketplace, some other small retailers, and we're able to get into there just using the case study that we have. So I, I think you can apply that framework to so much, right? Um, Austin, we talk about this a lot, just the idea of how often we, um, we kind of misinterpret and don't think about how much man hours ha- it takes to actually achieve something, Easy. right? <laughs> We've been working for three years to get 70 stores, and it just we, po- we make the post, it's like, oh, we're in all 70 stores. You don't see the three years that it took. Um, yeah, the Rocky cutscene and the words of Alex Ramosi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Rocky cutscene's a lot yeah. longer than thirty seconds. In real you know, life. the amount of man hours that went into that was was a lot, and the battle doesn't stop. Right now, we have to put so many more man hours into making sure that we excel and sell at the stores, which is what we're dealing with right now. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, one thing like I'd be curious to hear about is I know that you said you kind of hinted at when you were younger, 
it sounded like your brother and then like your family were the ones like more more running the business, right? So how important were them as like role like role models in that process of like getting you to like kind of be in the role that you are now for yeah. the business? Yeah. So there's this um for some reason like at one year my older brother hit like 17 or 16 and like flipped a switch. Like he went from like you know being a typical normal high school kid and then 16, 17 like he switched and was just focused and disciplined and really hardworking. And so I, that was always so weird. Like it was like right when he hit a certain age. Same thing happened to me though. Like right when that age hit, I guess like I thought that was normal. So something like, in the genes. Who knows? It flips. Like it, <laughs> maybe. At age 16. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. When you hit seven, 16 or 17, I forget. Um, so it really just flipped a switch. I was like, okay, it's time to take this more seriously, which um, I'm glad about. Uh, I'm, I'm glad it happened. And my family is very supportive of all decisions, right? When it comes to college, when it comes to all that, you know, we're expected to do really well in school um, just because you should. I think that's smart. I mean, school can do some good things for you in regards to discipline and whatnot. Um, but besides that, it's like they were not pushing me to go to a big four-year institution. You know, I had some, I had some family members who were like, hey, really want you to go to like a Harvard school. And I'm like, okay, so I applied and nearly got into some of them, but at the end of the day, like that, I wouldn't have wanted to go. So like what, what I did was perfect, perfect to where I am now, how I'm doing it. Um, but you know, you always got to keep getting better. Um, but going back to the idea of role models, I've been able, I've been able to answer this question more as I'm talking to more people and it's hard for me to be very, I, I gotta be concise enough and specific enough. I sometimes ramble too much. Um, but so this idea of the role models, um, someone asked me, they're like, well, you were 13. Like, why do you think you could just start selling these nuts and run a business? You know, um, I had no idea of like what it took to run a business, marketing, didn't know what that was, sales, like, you know, none, none, of, the things, none of the things that were meant, meant anything to me. It was just kind of like, hey, we have nuts, we're selling them, we're making them. Um, but the idea that that was a possibility, that that was a thing, that that should happen was because I saw my dad doing it since I was, you know, since I was born. Um, like I said, they were very open of the business. I saw him conducting business deals. He'd have us go with him on when he spoke, when he talked to people. I was seeing how he spoke, how he orated to his patients, to the people listening to him in the audience. So it really was like a natural thing. It really wasn't the genes that we could make a joke of it. Um, <laughs> it really was. Yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. So that was more of like, okay, like being around like your parents. Have Do you think that like just, is there anything else besides like the like selling the nuts? Um, or anything that has to do with, like the nut business. Maybe you had a different job or yeah. different experience and something else that got you, that built those skills of communication and made you either more comfortable or more skilled in conversation. Yeah. You know, right, right I'm, uh, I also, I had the opportunity to start managing a musical artist, so artist management. And um, throughout that process, and he's currently on tour right now, doing, doing great, we have a whole team. Um, been doing that for over three years now. Um, I was 16 or 15 at the time. Um, wait, 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 real quick. What motivated you to like get into that? Because like so, you've got the you've got the nut business, right? What's right. like? Oh, like let me let me try this. Like, because it's it's yeah. a very like you know. Yeah. So <laughs> two completely different industries. That's kind of funny. So 2020 hit pandemic. Uh, yeah. A lot more time at home, and so I, I I was really taken at that time. My parents really pushed the idea of. Um, right, you, you, you're the average of the three people you surround yourself with. They were really pushing that on us. And I was like, okay. And so there's this kid at school who was a musical artist. And I, I started becoming more friends with him until the pandemic hit. Then we're at home. 
And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna start making beats, you know, beat making. I feel like every young teenage like, dude go through the phases. Yeah, yeah, DJing, beat making, freestyling, freestyle. I didn't do that one, thank God. Oh, oh. Um, just me. Yeah, just you. <laughs> I wish I did. I'm. T- I can't do it now. Uh. Um, <laughs> so I was doing that, and I was like, All right, I like this. Like I like music. I made probably maybe one very subpar beat in my entire three months three month career. But what that did. Was it, you know, allowed me to have this relationship with my friend who was an artist and really build that out. Now we're great friends. And, um, and when the opportunity came from this local kid who was making the song to my friend who just released his first song, he sent it to my friend and was like, hey, I got this song. I don't know what to do with it. And my friend brought it to me and him and I worked together on it. Like we were really just him and I crushing it. Him and I worked together for, really for that first year, year, half a year until he got yelled at by his uh, label because they're like, hey, you're an artist. You're, you know, what are you doing over there? Um, which, which always stinks and like what, what, what that could have been because you know, he was crushing it. Um, so the opportunity just came to me. I was doing the music beat managed. I was, doing, I was making beats. And I was like, oh, well, this is, maybe this is how I do music. Um, knew nothing about the music industry. Had zero connections. The only connections I had was my friend who had some connections. Um, and I think through that experience, right, I, I was talking with, and especially within that, Within the next year, he had a song that did pretty well on TikTok, and um, that really opened up a network uh, of music people. And there's a lot of gatekeepers in the space. So we were at parties with at the Phase House. We were um, we were at oh. we were at these clubs with um, this girl, like the uh, Kardashian friends, like honorary Kardashians and stuff. And you know, I'm I'm 15, I'm 16 years old in these places. <laughs> um, and so I was very I was playing Minecraft, bro. Um, yeah, that was a while ago. But like being in those situations made me go, shoot, you can't act like a 15-year-old or a 16-year-old when you're in these places. So I, it, that, that's really changed how I can interact, how I can talk to people. And I think from a young age, that's important because yeah, like I, I just thrust myself into it. Um, I think uh, especially as we have younger siblings and as we keep growing up, we'll have kids hopefully one day, um, teaching them to just interact better with adults and differently with adults, I think it's really important. I think it's really important. Yeah. No, that's... I gave you a lot there. <laughs> Dude, I'm just, I'm just like caught up by the fact that you were at the phase house and hanging out with the Kardashians when you were 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah, you've got, you've got a lot of random experiences. Yeah. But those yeah. are like the most interesting people though. Should have journaled. I should have journaled that should've stuff. Oh, journaled. Yeah. There's so many stuff I probably forgot. Should have logged in. I, <laughs> yeah. Luke, Luke told me the other day actually because I was telling him some stories. He was like, you should write these down. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a good idea. But right. like, I probably won't do it just because like, Never do. you know what I mean? It's not really a habit. But I, I wonder I if we'll hit an age where maybe like we just start forgetting some of these things. Oh, yeah. Like obviously like those are probably like staple ones for you. They like, still you, aren't though. Yeah. Like there's, there's well, certain When was the last there. time you brought it up? in a second yeah i try not to talk about it it's a little yeah, no, exactly exactly how, how do you talk about that? well you you got to talk about yourself on the podcast it's kind of fun but i feel like the majority of like the life timelines of stories yeah. just like happens and then the frequency of you telling it is like a lot a lot a lot and then it just slowly goes down and down and down over time yeah and then someone will bring something up really niche and you're like oh that one time yeah and then it's like whoa like i totally forgot about that yeah. and maybe someone's so in- involved in the story but then and it like reminds you of like, oh yeah, like I did that or like that was such a funny experience, but I totally forgot about it. Yeah. And I don't know. It re- okay. I don't want to go off on a tangent here. No. But it reminds me of this. The other day we had to share like embarrassing stories for our like chapter group. 
Um, yeah. I, I, but, I got to miss that one, thank God. Ah, uh, a little lucky. <laughs> I know. So it was like, yeah, whatever. Like we all get the notification in my pledge class. Then some kid like throws in our like only pledge group chat. He was like, he was like, bro, like why can I not remember anything right now? Like why is nothing funny ever happened to me now that I think about uh-huh. this? And everyone was like, yo, like, same. Like, we just couldn't think of anything. And I think I go for, like, any like any story. Like, if you're just put on the spot and you're not constantly reminding yourself of them, they're just going to escape your mind, which is a little, a little, it can be a little scary. It is scary. Yeah, it is scary. And I, I, think, I think that also relates to, like, kind of now I've had to talk about my business more than I've ever had in my life. And um, I'm trying to get better at it, right? Trying to be more concise, tell the exciting parts, tell the informational, educational parts. So it's something that I'm actively trying to get better at. Um, and I, I should be better, hopefully, within a year. Um, hopefully, I should be better within a year. Um, it's it's interesting just because it's like so often I can go off on a side tangent. Yeah. Because, um, like, it's your brain wants to. I don't know. Yeah. Your brain, like, just betrays you, I guess. No, yeah. I know. That's, like, a big thing that I struggle with. Is I'll be talking about this, and then my brain, boom. Yeah. And that's the main point, right? Yeah. But, like, you just talk. But it's like, oh, that one's more exciting. And like, that's just how it goes sometimes. Maybe it's because of our phones. That's phones. actually. The attention span going down. No, that, that, that's actually a fact, though. Now we're going full circle, like, with the whole yeah. TikTok, Instagram reels. <laughs> that probably is, like, a very good take, though. Yeah. It's so, because, like, I mean, you're ultimately conditioned by your environment so much that so many, I, I noticed so many differences like with like what we were talking about earlier with like if I have to eat a meal I am gonna I just scroll through reels now yeah it used to be like YouTube and then maybe before that it used to be a show yeah. like that I would just throw on it's like where is it all gonna go you, you know what the saddest thing is when you see like people like friends just eating dinner together and they're all on their phones the worst. that's or like the, a family oh yeah family's even worse <laughs> Um, but yeah, just any group of people eating dinner together at a restaurant and they're all just on their phones and I'm like, that's why like, you know, um, I forgot where I went. I went to some restaurant and they had a bucket in the middle of the table and it was the phone bucket and everyone had to put their phones in there. And that was the best like dinner I ever had with my family because no one even had their phone. And we like me and my dad have watches. We, we, my mom made us put our Apple (laughs) watches in there. Like that was the best dinner we ever had. And it was because the phone wasn't there. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's pretty mandatory, I think. I don't Honestly. know. I don't know. I think sometimes, I don't mean to for this to sound too, you'll know what I mean. But there's times when I'll look at like some little kid like having like lunch or dinner with their like grandpa and they're on their phone oh. just like scrolling through and I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. like, you're going to regret that. Yeah. You don't know it right now. Like you're way too young, but you will. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is rough. Hurts my heart. Yeah. I think about that a lot, uh, when it, especially when it comes to, like, my grandparents. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> I will cut that out. Um, I think about that a lot when it comes to, like, my grandparents or maybe my, like, older relatives that when I'm with them, well, I think about what they do on a day- day-to-day basis, and I'm like, I don't mean this in any, like, towards, like, what, you'll know what I mean. When they see me, like, they're so excited to see me. Yeah, that's, that's, that's grandparents. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when I walk into my grandma grandpa's house, they're ecstatic. And like yeah. it's so heartwarming, but it also makes me it like it makes me like so motivated, like like this is why I'm doing this. Like this is why I'm making it a priority. And oh like it, it's I don't know. 
I think about like when I'm gonna be that age. Mm. What what stories would you want to tell like your grandkids like when you get to that age? I don't know. I think that's a really good journal prompt actually. What stories do I want to tell my grandkids one day? What do you think would be the best one you already have now? I don't know. Specific stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that that one weekend was fun. That music business face house weekend would be interesting. Um, this past last month when I was in Orlando, then Philly, then back to Orlando, then the next weekend in LA for more. Um, that, 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 that'd be a pretty cool week or two. What was, wait, yeah. what was all that for? <laughs> We're just going to like, yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh, th- 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 this could be a fun story. So we, every year we always have this, uh, through my dad, but chiropractor, we have this big chiropractic event in Orlando every year. And, um, it's, it's always a great weekend. So we have that booked in like mid September. And like a month or two before that, I see the submission for this, um, this Whole Foods open call meeting at this convention in Philadelphia. I knew it was during the Orlando meeting, but I was like, the chances of us getting one of these meetings like, are pretty crazy. One, two, you had to like, be at the convention to get the meeting. So I was like, even if we got it, like, I don't even know how we'd get there. Right? So it was just like, apply, put all your eggs in one basket, and then, and then like, th- figure it out later. Is yeah. what we did. Um, and thankfully we had like a really good pitch because we just pitched shark tank earlier the a couple months before wait huh. wait 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 all right finish this story then we yeah, gotta yeah, okay. we gotta go back and after so that. we have this really good pitch for whole foods <laughs> submit the pitch don't think anything of it i'm just like that was a really good pitch because like just pitch all shark tank and so a couple weeks later i get an email it's like a little arbitrary it's like fill this out for a spot but like it doesn't some places it says it's confirmed some places it's like eh, we don't know if you have it yet and I'm, I'm calling my team. I'm like, hey, we may have it. And then I have my, my brother who's like, that's a lie. Like, there's no way. <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, that'd be exciting. And I'm like, I don't know. Um, then like a week, another week later, they confirm it. We have a calendar appointment. We're in Orlando at the time. So I'm like, okay. Now we had, now, now we're at the figure it out part. So I'm, I'm calling people, trying to get tickets <laughs> to the convention. Um, and keep in mind, I didn't even say this. This is for a 15-minute meeting with Whole Foods. 15 minutes. That's it. 15 minutes. They don't make commitments on the spot. So like I'm go, I'm putting all my eggs in this basket, right, just to get a 15-minute meeting with Whole Foods. Whole Foods is obviously a big deal, so it's worth it. It's hard to get a hold of them, so it's worth it. Um, so we make it happen. I'm in Orlando. I fly to Orlando on Thursday morning. I, go, I do my event Thursday. Fly to Philly Thursday night. Um, meet my stepdad there because he was doing the meeting with me. We sleep. Wake up. Pitch Whole Foods for 15 minutes. A phenomenal pitch. Um, <laughs> a true blessing of how that pitch worked. I mean, from walking in, the the buyer already had the our product before, um, which is like you can't ask for something better than that. Yeah. Um, like we we already, it was it was incredible. Then I stopped, went to the airport, did my AK Sci final interview. Um, woke up the next morning, <laughs> so got that my bid. Made that feel like a little less stakes. Yeah, yeah. I was I didn't care. I was like, dude, I just pitched all food this morning. I'll do a final interview yeah. uh, in the airport, which is kind of funny. And then went back. Um, did the rest of my sales events, flew back home on Sunday, <laughs> drove back to Champaign, went to school Monday to Wednesday, then I flew back to, then I flew out to LA Wednesday night or Thursday, yeah, Wednesday, no, Thursday morning, no, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, oh my goodness. Um, so kind of back to back flying why, out. Why were you in LA? So that's, uh, my artist is currently on tour right now. Oh, okay, um, okay. And so he's on a 37, 38 show tour across okay. the country um, with opening for this girl named Jesse Murph. Um, super cool act, super, super cool talent. And so we had uh, Santa Ana in the uh, uh, LA show. And so we, we had like Tana Mojo at the LA show. So like that would be fun. And we had some other meetings and our entire team's in LA. 
So like it was it was some important meetings. We were meeting with some uh, you know Apple Spotify people as well, and there's a lot of people there. So that was um it was important for me to be there. Then I got back, and then I back to school. Um, right. And here we are. <laughs> that was a fun weekend, a fun two weeks there. Busy, busy, fun, successful. Um, a lot, <laughs> lot of learning, a lot, lot, lot of just getting stuff done throughout that time. Maybe, maybe I talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Before you ask the Shark Tank, I want to ask one thing real quick. Yeah. Before those interviews, yeah. maybe specifically that Whole Foods interview, what's going through your head to help you prepare? I mean, yeah. a lot of it, I guess, would be just through the preparation, right? Yeah. But maybe even those earlier ones that maybe you didn't feel as comfortable, how did you prepare to make sure that, you said this one went really well, yeah. how do you prepare to make sure that those go as good as they possibly can? Yeah. So, I mean, the idea of luck is obviously there. I mean, the buyer we got was in Downers Grove. She lives in Downers Grove. We have a fresh time down the street. It's her son's favorite store. She went to the store. Our product was there, looking great in the shipper right when she walked in. I mean, the stars just completely aligned for us. But at the end of the day, I mean, luck is, you know, preparation, meeting the actual event happening. So, for whatever that means. Um, so, of course, there was luck involved. There was luck in everything. Um, so, in order to capitalize on the event, though, so I prepared. I really took the idea of the manpower, the man, the man hours into it. So, like, for the, the two weeks before the pitch, I was just, like, an hour a day writing down what I'd want to say. I met with Aiden, a friend of ours, and was like, hey, for an hour, we just thought of, like, what if she says this? What if she says this? What if she's, like, questions me on this? What if she wants to know more about this? And just coming up with every angle possible. And then the morning of, um, I didn't eat anything. I took, like, a caffeine strip or something. <laughs> My mouth is dry. Only thing I had to wash down was hot coffee. I don't drink coffee. Gross. I was, like, I was like jittering because I was a little nervous, too. And caffeine. And then I sit down with my stepdad, and he's like, hey, she's doing this all day. She's, like, speed dating pretty much. What if we just go in? I know you've been preparing for two weeks straight. Great job, Austin. But what if we just walk in and go, hey, we have 15 minutes, not a lot of time. What do you want to know about us? What's going to move the needle for you? So we did that. And then off the bat, she's like, well, the good news is I already had your product. I already love it. And then we proceeded to talk about, like, how to market and, like, why sprouted for, like, half the time, which is just, like, hilarious. Um, That's beautiful. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the idea with the luck, right? Preparation. And then when you get to the event, something happens. I mean, you got to be able to roll with the punches, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Wow. All right, we got to go back to the Shark Tank thing. Yeah. Um, that, that That's, like, cool, but then you're – you just like went right over this whole Shark Tank thing. Over. So, yeah. so yeah, Shark no, I had a little warm up before. You I know, was on I was Shark a... Tank, you know. No, no, no I, so I wasn't on Shark Tank. We were, um, we were talking. We were fast tracked with a producer. I think I can say all this. We're not going on as of now. Um, so for last season, it was like they were like cutting off like the submissions in like a week, right? So we already like they were already like they didn't have many other places. They weren't expecting many other companies, and the um, like the food packaging space on shark tank is just like the the biggest category ever and there's only so much you can do with food like it's hard to differentiate yourself so um we worked with the producer like they were helping us edit the video helping us write the script which is sick and then presenting it to the people um, but we just got in too late and he was like hey next season we can probably make it happen if you want by next season i don't know if we'll want shark tank i don't know we'll see <laughs> um that'd be fun though but the process of learning like i have a picture like we had like we just had like we had like five lights like these. Um, we had like a backdrop, a table. Um, we ran through the pitch. We, we scripted it. We ran through it like 10 times. And you know, by the eighth time, it was like, that was the best one. Sent it through. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. That opportunity came from just networking. Like I connected with someone on LinkedIn, talked to him, 
He was like, hey, have you been on Shark Tank? Your brand looks perfect. I was like, no. He's like, I know a guy. Can't do with this guy. The guy was like, I love you. We're like, I love you too. Um, and then we, then we, after that, we, we pitched, um, pitched the producers. They loved it, but um, it just wasn't the right timing. So, but because of that preparation, yeah. I had to meet with Whole Foods, right? In the, in the pitch to Whole Foods, I literally put the, whole, the Shark Tank pitch video. Um, like I, I, I put it in one of the slides. So I was like, screw it. I mean, let's, I'm, yeah. I'm throwing it all out there. Like, hey, you. Um, and so, yeah, it was, um, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That that is actually so like so. Sad. I, I I do forget about that. Yeah. Do you? Or you got to write it down. I know. Yeah. That's, write a, it down. that's a story to tell your grandkids. I think so. Well, maybe maybe next year I come back and I already feel. I maybe I'm on Shark Tank. I don't know. Hey. Who knows? What, hey, what's crazy? Oh, I don't know if we can say this. So maybe don't. We can. Worst case, we can. Ma- maybe this worse. part alone, because like certain things you're not supposed to say. I, I yeah, can't yeah. Yeah. Contract or something. But what a lot of people don't know, and fuck it, put this out there. Okay. No, we're good. We're good, brother. What a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. is that Shark Tank films a certain amount of shows, but doesn't air about like 10 to 20% of them. So you will go through all that work, all the effort, pitch them for an hour long. A lot of people don't know. The, the, the stuff you see on TV, yeah. like, is it maybe Ooh, more than that. I, I, didn't know I like that. heard some of those deals take like four or five hours. They do. Yeah. And the deals are real. Like what yeah. happens on this, like, like you, you, like when you shake that hand, like that's the deal. Like there's some other stuff, but like that's the deal. And so you go through all that time to pitch them for an hour, two hours, three hours, and then after the editing process, your show just may not get aired. And like imagine you didn't take a deal, and you're just like, I'm hoping you just get the PR from it, and you just don't get aired. It's like, wow, that was for nothing. Damn. So there's yeah. a lot of risk when it comes to Shark Tank, but they hold so much power. I mean, I think that. I've I've heard so many. That show is huge. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've heard a lot of, I've seen a lot of criticisms like in comment sections about, oh like like they just bully whoever it is like on the thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case. I don't think that's the case. I think that's just I'm, drama, yeah. TV magic. No, yeah. I know. I think I know. so. There's no I lo- way. I love some of the edits. Like there's yeah. the one of like the little kid. I've seen that. It's like he's a con artist. <laughs> <laughs> do you know the one yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, it's about. great. I love that clip. It's great. Yeah, that, that have you, have you, do you have any uh, idea? I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what, I, um, I love Shark Tank. What so. shark would you want to deal for? With? Mark. Mark. I think that... Everyone says Mark, but like, I think you're wrong. Why? He's well, too busy. It depends. He's the richest guy there. It depends what I want, right? Well, is he a multi-billionaire? He's definitely at least $1 billion. Like, he's well, $1.5 billion. Okay, well, it depends the company you're pitching and, like, where you're trying to, like, kind of get... He, there's no your, way he's going to be hands-on. Well, I mean, say say like with like brothers nuts, you were trying to get into like yeah. the whole like sports sports arena Correct. stuff, right? He owns the Mavs. Him. I mean, get there, and then he obviously, if he owns the Mavs, he probably has connections with nuts. Are probably a big thing at right. baseball games, right? Probably has connections with, and that rolls into a lot more. Yeah, he's a lot of pull because he's Mark Cuban. Yeah, right. Um, I'd lo- I, 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 our goal was Lori. Okay, Lori. Lori is the Ooh. QVC lady. What does QVC um, mean? QVC is this um, like TV, like it's like a twenty-four. I don't know if it's twenty-four-seven, but like they sell stuff on TV pretty much. Oh, I like, did. You know call that. in, like, I did know that. Call yeah. in now, and you get this for half off. <laughs> they're always country for some reason. Um, <laughs> they're always from the south, and so she runs that, which I probably probably do well in there. But she just has. I think she was a scrub daddy girl too. Oh, okay, yeah. I think she I did the scrub daddy about. deal. She's the blonde one, right? Yes. Okay. That's yes. Her. She did the scrub daddy deal. She a lot of retail connections with that. We we'd crush it with her. Right. That that was the idea. No offense to any of the others, but probably like wouldn't really. I love Damon John. He has this book, Rise and Grind, phenomenal book. Um, a very smart guy, came from nothing, a big hustler. Don't know if he could, if he could do much with nuts. Yeah, I always I remember I would always watch 
Shark Tank with my dad. Yeah. My dad loved that show so much. Not to. He just like sit in our basement. He would have uh have his like what's that called? Like the exercise bike, like in the what like and then like, just watch it on our TV. You've yeah. been in our basement. Yeah. Just like watch it on the TV he was riding on the bike. And he'd be like, Oh, like watch this one with me. And like we'd always go through it and he'd always be explaining. He's like, Well he's like, Well the thing is, is like if they don't take the deal, they still like and he was trying to explain all this like business like because before I come to college, I had no idea yeah. like what all this like I wasn't selling nuts at thirteen. Right. <laughs> so I remember sitting there and I'm like like kind of beginning to grasp what like it meant at first but there's like so much to learn from shark tank even as like an inherent business model too of like i think i talked about in one of my business classes last year of oh no it was an alex hermosa video (laughs) it was but so much kind of like reprogramming the game a little bit as a vc and like building leverage to where you're not like going out to find like who you're going to invest in rather like they're going to come to you because you're also providing indirect value of like they're going to get the PR from it. And once you just like, oh, I all the layers to like whether it's Shark Tank or just other businesses is like so interesting. I, fi- I find all of it like so interesting now. There's so much you learn from it. Like one of the one of the pitches that we were actually taking inspiration from was this like family company who their product was a cutting board that had like it caught what you cut below it, which is like such like, like a, wait, okay. it was like a cutting board, right? A cutting board, but mm-hmm. like it had like a, a place in the bottom to like catch the stuff that like you cut, okay. like the, the scraps. The, like what? Like that's <laughs> such like a random product, but like great story, great pitch, decent numbers. And so it worked on the show and they got it. And I think, I think, I think they made a deal. Um, I, I, it also just goes to show like, I mean, so, a lot of what we talk, what we learn about is like SaaS and technology and, you know, startups SaaS, and all that sort of software thing. Software as a service. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that if you are, if you're a kid, if you're a young kid, right. And if you really want to succeed, um, starting out trying to build a SaaS or an app, I'm, I'm a tired of hearing about apps personally. Um, I love our friends who do it and I want them to continue doing it and to crush it. But like, I'm talking to these kids with the apps and I'm just like, so how are you getting customers? And like, that's not even on their mind. They're just about like, hey, we got to build a better app. I'm like, well, you can build a good app, but like pe- if people don't know about the app, they don't come. Right. And mm-hmm. I think so often, like, I think we need to have more businesses and like more tangibles. Like we have Aiden who has a lawn care business. He knows how to get customers. He runs local ads. He knows that he can go door to door. He can hire a sales team for that. And now he's turning into like a tech play, um, which is incredible for him. But like, I think there just needs to be more fundamental businesses. I think we got to get away from the shiny object syndrome for sure, Amen. which is just tech. Uh, AI. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the the memes. Like my reels page is so much of like like VCs. Like if it like, has nothing to do with AI, like oh my god, they're like they're so funny. It's like them rolling out the red carpet and everything like that. Yeah. But what would be your uh, so kind of what would be your advice to maybe that young young kid that like wants to get into entrepreneurship? wants to start some sort of business, um, what type of business do you think would be like the best way to get started? Like not, I'm not saying like hyper, like specific, like, oh, like yeah. lawn care, or, like yeah. mow lawns or something like that. I, I think the best way for a kid to get started is, um, is to probably identify, I think you have, um, okay, restart. I think the best way for a kid to get started is starting with like unpaid internships, apprenticeships, um, shadowing. I think that is the best way to do it. Um, let's say you want to do finance fine. I think you always, and 
I think this is something that I've actually recommended to uh, my girlfriend, a lot of friends of mine. Um, they just don't know what to do. Like, they don't know what they want to do. So I'm like, cool, what are you doing to fix that? Well, you know, I'm in, I'm in school. I'm, I'm like, no, no, no. You should be talking to people who are in these jobs. A friend of mine, their disability member is an accountant. It's like, text her, right? Start with your family. Identify three family members with interesting jobs, pharmacist, accountant, lawyer. Schedule a 30-minute call with them. They're your family. They're going to meet with you. Um, <laughs> if you could sit down with them, that'd be better. I mean, just talk to them about what their job does, what they do on the job, what their day looks like. And at the end of the call, um, this is a, v- a very important part. Say, hey, who are three other friends of yours I should talk to? Right? Because that's probably the hardest part. They say, well, after my family, who do I talk to? Well, ask your uncle to introduce you to his three friends who are maybe a lawyer in this, or maybe he's a VC, or maybe he's this, and talk to them. And as long as you're actually interested in asking good questions, they may give you an opportunity. They may say, hey, come in, watch what I do, and then from there you can do more. But I think the idea of more unpaid internships, more just putting yourself out there, thrusting yourself, like throwing yourself in that house on fire and figuring out how to get out. I think we throwing yourself in the water and sinking or swimming, I think that's what we need to do more of. Um, and that's how people should start. Identify a couple of family members with cool jobs, talk to them, and then ask them for their friends with cool jobs too and talk to them and see if you can get any opportunities from there. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I, lo- I love that That's because that's so laying out a blueprint, not just abstract talk yeah. of like, oh, like, here's like things you could actually do. It's hard work. You got you to be able to ask good questions, which is important. You got to be able to actually be authentic and interested and present as we've been talking about. <laughs> um, you, know, just, you just got to be, got to be, a, gotta be a decent orator. Um, but it's yeah. your family. Look but if you're place. committed, if you're committed, that's the, that's the way to do it. Right. I mean, you, you know who to reach out to reach out from them and then, I think another big one is you can use LinkedIn a little bit to do that, but then LinkedIn also like connects you with like bigger companies, and it's like yeah, that's not, people probably won't reach out to you. But I like I like how you like what Austin said, giving the blueprint on how to do it, yeah. actual instructions. That's really cool. And if you could start at thirteen, that'd be even better. <laughs> the the reason why the reason why my brother was able to have that fresh time CEO care was because he was a junior in high school, right? He's yeah. twenty one now. Probably couldn't do the same thing. Yeah, um, he's out of college. Right. I can maybe try it. Maybe we may start doing that. Um, but it's like, you know, when you have when you're young, people are going to give you slack. They're going to give you credit for just reaching out. Yeah. Right. If you're not the best if you're not the best orator, they're gonna probably cut you some slack. And if you're trying, that's I think that's the least that's the that's all they wanna see. They wanna see you trying. I've really started to learn that. Yeah. I think about the college kid tag. I was like I was just listening to like Rohan and Jacobs like last episode. Uh, where they're talking about, like post college life and maybe like things they took for granted in college, yeah. and the college kid tag is so powerful. You said college kid tag. Yeah. Of oh hi I'm in college. Ah yes. I would love to be able to learn this an hour. I'd love to be able to shadow you. I'd whatever it may be. I'd love to like pick your brain about yeah. this, or I'd love to be able to have you on my podcast or yeah. something something along those lines. It is such like a powerful brand in and of itself because people just want to help younger people who maybe they see themselves in a lot if i got reached out to by like any like like sixth like eighth grade like even anyone in high school i would be i would be so quick to help because i really i remember being like that and i remember being in those exact same shoes and i guess it's been something that's been on my mind a lot lately is just like not taking this all for granted of like, hey, like I'm gonna be here for like three years. Like, let's not get used to it. Let's actually 
like really make the most of the resources that I have while I'm here. Which I okay, I, this will like transition to something that I want to ask you. I think this will be like good conversation as well. Of you, okay. Why did you transfer to college, and then like why did you transfer to U of I? So like we'll go like the first question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the current system of college um, in this country is pretty screwed up. Um, you have a kid who doesn't know what they're doing. They graduate high school, and then you give them what is it? Probably let's say forty times four, <laughs> hundred sixty <laughs> grand in debt. As, and, and you give a 17 or 18 year old $160,000 in debt. Difference between college debt and a small business loan is that if a small business loan, you borrow 100 grand. If you mess up, they forgive it, right? Now you have to declare bankruptcy probably, but you'll, you'll, you'll make it through. Your life's not over. Your life's not over. Yeah. Student loans, they don't forget about those. If you don't pay them, someone else in your family is going to pay them, right? Probably you have authorized forever. payers. Yeah. Forever. Um, that is the most screwed up thing ever, especially when you're giving a kid for a liberal arts um, graphic design degree, you're giving them $160,000, and they're, the most they can make out of college is fifty grand. That is broken. That is a broken system. Um, and then you have counselors and advisors at the school who you know, lied to my siblings, have lied to a lot of people, saying, oh, it's hard to transfer here. Don't go to community college. Come here all four years because they make more money. Um, so, and my philosophy on it is if you cannot get into a top 15 school, and if you're not going for a worthwhile major, I think that's pretty obvious. Medicine, law, maybe business. Um, and if you're just super passionate about the other stuff, go ahead. But if you cannot get into a top 15 school in the country, go to the best state school possible, the best public state school possible. Luckily for us, we have Illinois. I was able to work pretty much full-time last year while going to online community college, never set foot on campus, pay very little money, do over a full-time student class load, Never, never actually worry about school or homework or work. Work pretty much full time on the business. The business doubled that year, um, and so I saw this the growth there, and I said, you know what? I feel like I'm not getting. I feel like I'm getting dumber. I feel like I'm not as social as I want to be. Um, I felt like just lonely, I guess, at home. Um, of course, love my family, love my brothers. I have a big family, thankfully. Um, but at the same time, it's like I want to be meeting new people. I'm young. That that motivates me to meet new people. And so I said, you know, Illinois, um, Illinois is the best decision. It's not too expensive. It's actually a pretty good school as of what I'm learning being here. Um, so for me, I'm lucky enough to be here in Illinois. It makes sense. That's why I'm here. So far, I feel like I've been, I think I'm getting better socially, getting better orally, um, meeting some great people, you guys. Um, Aww, Luke, appreciate it. <laughs> uh, meeting, meeting some great people, having some great experiences. And I think that is motivating me to do more. And so that's why I'm really focused on, even though I am motivated to do more, I sometimes have less time to do it. So the time I do have, I got to really focus on and really get a lot done with. But yeah, if you cannot get into a top 15, if you cannot get into a top 15 school in the country, go to the best public state school possible. Save you, save your parents, save a lot of people money and hardships in the future. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I don't think that's controversial. Yeah. It's, no, it's, yeah. it's common sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I love that you have like, like action actual like statement that like has some action like intrinsically like tied into it um because like you know like like you, yeah, you could see what i'm saying um so then what would you want to get out of like these four years here i mean i get it's not four yeah. i guess it's three i'm like a year ahead so I, it's probably only two okay 
Well, two years. What would you want to leave here saying, oh, I got better at this or this happened? Yeah. Uh, so I'll give you two responses. The one that I, the semi-fake one and like the real one. <laughs> um, so the semi-fake one is my, my companies, my portfolio of companies that I run. Um, I, I want to scale them up to a place to where I can exit them. So with a nut company, already spoken with some firms, private equity and whatnot, identified the multiple they pay for a certain revenue type business. So we just got to scale the nut company up to 10 or 20 million a year. We can sell it for like a certain amount times EBITDA. And so we have a goal there. And so my excuse is, or my typical, why I'm here doing a finance degree is I'm looking for the specific it was like the finance related, like specific forms, the statements, the, uh, the jargon, the vocab in order to really scale the business up to a place where it's 10, 20 million a year. So I can sell it to these big firms. I know what they're looking for. Um, that's what I'd say why I'm here for a finance degree. Um, really I have, I have a, um, for business majors, which actually going back, I'm recommending more, I'm recommending more people do engineering majors. I think the engineering kids are very sharp. Um, and be just now how much you use of the engineering major, whatever the fact that you're around other smart kids, like really smart kids is like, that's a huge benefit. That's a huge benefit. No offense to our business people. I completely agree. You agree. Yeah. So my, my idea with the business major, right. My family's my, my family philosophy that was put onto me is like, look, you should get your bachelor's, but you should treat it as a check mark. If you want to, my brother, all four years online, graduated in three from I, Indiana university was an online program, but his major doesn't say that. Okay. He really treated it as a check mark. He just got that, he's got that bachelor's in business. For me, I was like, well, maybe I want to learn a little bit, try to get smarter, not be as lonely. So what I'm actually looking to get out of college is to have a network of people who are doing incredible things. Hence why maybe engineering would have been better for me, right? For that goal, but then maybe it'd be too much of a time commitment. I don't know. Um, I think also sitting in these classes, like I'm saying, my principles of management, my principles of marketing, whatever, um, I, I do get motivated. Like I have a pen, of, I, have a, I have a pen and paper and um, I'm writing down ideas like, oh, run this for Brothers Nuts or, oh, well, wow, that's an interesting idea Walters just talked about. What if I did that for this? So I think the issue with college and a lot of business classes now is that it's too broad. We're sitting in a class for a semester long learning 500 frameworks. It's too many frameworks. You only need one. You only need five. You only need a couple. Pick one, test it on a company, test it on a product. You don't like it, doesn't work, new one. Um, it, the, the, that's the current system of the business where it's like, I just don't think it works too well, like the business classes. You, you can't teach 500 frameworks. No one's going to remember them. No one's going to use them. They don't know what works. I agree. I wish that I had, well, I have this, but I wish I had an actual like business that I could be think actively thinking about in those classes. Hmm. Because what you're explaining is like, like beautiful to me. Be, I, like it's just, I don't have something like that, or like to a degree, I guess if I had a marketing class, then like I can constantly be relating it to like this. But that's when you're truly learning. I watched so much Hormozy things on sales, but I kind of I'm like, oh, like that's interesting, you know, whatever. But then once I actually got out on the doors and I was like doing door to door sales, and I'm getting doors slammed in my face, I'm getting told no, like no 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 that then i'm like oh i just encountered what he said in this video let me try the remedy that he prescribed yeah. using it and i'm like okay that worked now i actually learned and that's one thing i wish that i could see 
the content of these classes actually being applied to yeah. something. But I, I just don't really have that. And I think like the majority of kids don't, which is why like a business education is just so lacking because it doesn't yeah. stick because you're not really applying it to anything. Yeah. I, I, two things from there. Um, one, my philosophy on picking a business major, um, why I like finance so much. I tell kids this, I say, can you get a marketing job with a finance major? Yes. Can you get a finance job with a marketing major? No. May I say, I have, I have heard though that you can get a finance job with an accountancy degree. Yes, yes. And so <laughs> I, I've switched it now. I switched it now. I think an accounting or finance major makes sense. Mm-hmm. Honestly, especially here at Illinois, we have a really good accounting program. I really recommend accounting for everyone because um, it is the language of business. It, it, it is. Um, you go way into the weeds on it, probably would not want a career in it. One of the hardest business majors, I think, from what I've heard. Um, but I, th- I think that is probably the smartest one. Like, if I had to go back and completely change everything I'm doing, and I had more time, I'd probably do accountancy. Yeah, those are, well, I mean, those are the most technical ones, right? So, yeah. and technical majors are the ones that make the most money, the yes. ones that are most valuable. Um, hence why engineering is such a valuable degree. So Yeah, what, what, do you, what do you think about the whole, all of, like, the points that he made about going to engineering for the sake of, being in the same rooms as those yeah, do you think that do you think that'd be worth it okay i think a lot of people think that like engineers at u of i are so smart so smart, they're not that smart like the kids i've met are, are maybe sharp. maybe i'm just saying that yeah because that's right? also kind of selective it is but like i've met more sharp engineering kids than sharp business kids okay that also could just be this like sample who are you who are the engineers? I mean, I'm in groups of sharp people, though. No, no, no. Well, you're the not, engineers yeah, yeah, you you're meeting are like Luke, the other like, <laughs> like Luke the, the other like this engineering kids, which is either going to be like the like the Granger kids that are very like into doing other things yeah. and also happen to be at the top of Granger, or it's going to be like yeah, that that that's who you're meeting. Um, but that is true. You are surrounded by extremely sharp individuals, um, especially here at U of I. Yeah. Um, but also, I think. I think, like, the biggest part of getting an engineering degree is not for, like, learning how to, like, solve for the moment about a point or whatever. It's more for, like, learning how to actually solve problems and learning how to use your brain in different ways and actually, like, think from, like, five different, like, from five different angles and then come up with one solution. And I think no other degree other than, like, an engineering degree can teach you how to do that Um, just because that's, like, the whole nature of it, right? It's problem solving and, like, creativity Mm. and... That that's why I think it's a great major. Um, I agree. You don't. It's think a huge time commitment, though. But yeah, that's the issue. Do you yeah. think computer science can have a, that similar effect? Computer science, I think, has a similar effect, but it's more like closed off into the world of software, right? I mean, you mm. you're still solving problems and everything, and you're learning how to think like that. But now, like all those problems that you're solving, you're 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 using software to f- solve them, which I guess, I guess to answer your question, then yes, yeah, it can. Because they're using software, we're using math. It's the same thing. Um, but, yeah. I've, I'd, I've started to, when I think about college majors, I almost naturally align them now. And when I consider value, I almost have that parallel to technical at this point. Where I'm like, okay, like, somewhere at the top is like computer science and engineering. And also, there's definitely bias just because that's what we're best at here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is definitely very biased because that's like what we're most strong at here. But like computer science and engineering are at the top. 
and then like everything else is kind of underneath at that point i think you gotta throw accountancy up there oh yeah 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 and then accountancy then probably finance i'll do the finance i hope as i get deeper into the major it's it's harder and there's a lot more work on it which i think there is i think that's true there is i that's what i if the business school wants to get better the year year one and year two classes needs to improve like i i also think the they have to restrict the type of kids that get into like i'm sitting in some of these classes like the capstan class and i'm like oh like how do these kids how, get, how they get in yeah um and i say that that sounds terrible it, it, it really <laughs> does sound terrible and I'm, I'm sorry to these kids but like i think you, like you sat in that class come on yeah yeah i yeah i understand i'm i don't think that i'm necessarily like it's not that you're doing much more it's just like they genuinely have like no clue i uh, yeah no i don't know i do find it interesting that there's no barrier to entry to the finance degree and that accountancy degree i believe i mean there is there's there's a there's a le- there's a lower Ooh. acceptance rate at geese than there is the school in general lower e- even lower at the engineering here's school a- i think it should be lower Here's an interesting point. Like, I'd be interested to hear you guys. I was talking with one of my friends that I've actually gotten like pretty close with. Um, you guys would both love to meet him. Like, great guy. And he was explaining to me how he thought it was interesting how the only majors that have barrier to entry within our business school are supply chain management and the like, and just management, right? Weird. Which are the most like entrepreneurial ones. Yeah. Which he was like kind of just saying that as like a correlation. But he was like, it's interesting that all the ones that are more pre- like preparing you for corporate America, they just let you in right away. Fair. But anything that's the, the two that are the most... Management is uh, you have to apply and get it? Yes. Or is that the T&M one? Or the well, yeah, T&M, yes. Well, that's a minor. That's a minor. Though. Yeah. T&M you do need to apply for. But right. he was saying management and supply chain management. I know. So I've heard the supply chain management. I've also heard a lot of philosophy that that's... Maybe not the smartest major to pick. Uh, no, I agree. Because like, I've heard that too. Well, all this is kind of objective the, talk at the same of time. Of course. Because if someone's like really passionate about supply chain do management, that, like that's what you want to do. do it. I'm excited for you. Yeah, yeah, that's how the world needs yeah. to be. But especially in the global supply chain. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I at one point considered supply chain for a couple I did reasons. too. One, yeah, you have to apply. It already makes it like that's gotta be better, <laughs> um, right? Inherently. Right. Um, and then two, like in my business with the nut company, like supply chain, like our biggest headaches are like managing inventory and managing cash flow. <clears throat> We're a bootstrap company. We don't really want to raise money as a What does bootstrap mean? Yeah, so bootstrap means that we don't have investor money into us. So we have to be oh, profitable. Okay. Okay, okay. Like our profits are paying for our growth. Okay. Like if you know we make twenty thousand in revenue a month and we have five thousand revenue, no one that five thousand stuff going out to my brother and I goes back into the company to buy more, you know, buy more nuts, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. pay for marketing or something. Um, not having to rely on, um, not having to rely on an investor. Ooh, interesting. Okay, <laughs> I, I actually, I'm kind of getting excited to like, talk about like the actual like technical business thing. How do you guys market? Yeah, yeah. So this is actually um, something that downfall of myself is something that I'm more recently having to get better at. So. Right, the typical when you ask a kid like or you have a case competition, it's like, oh, how do how do you market this company? And they're like, oh, social media marketing, and like I don't do much of that. Um, our social media, like, there's not much on there. Like, we don't have a really big strategy with that. For us, the marketing effort that the marketing efforts that we've done that we've seen the most success with has been in person at our grocery stores. So like 
When you walk into Costco, you have those samples. That's huge. The ability to try our product, to usually meet a founder and meet a young kid who's really passionate about the brand, passionate about what they're doing, learn the story, learn why, why sprouted, why organic, why this product. It's a no-brainer. We do really well, and we see like the tail end of sampling really just work. So that sort of marketing of that in-person demos, incredible, phenomenal. It's what we're doing the most of right now. It's actually what I'm – just this morning I was training a new hiree. We're hiring – like we're we're trying to get into like fifteen new hires this Q four, damn, um, wow, of just hiring and training these high school and college kids to sample at their local grocery store for us, um, and if that happens, like the 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 company like twenty x's in like a a month, which would be pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. And why are you that confident that it will twenty x? Like yeah, I, you've I take you've crunched the numbers before of like okay like yeah. this many hours worked like in correct with our benchmark our average, but. That's why I'm excited to actually, we, we, we just hired, we just trained, we're, we just started training our first two new hires. And so the business changes to a people management, people hiring company, to a kind of like managing the churn of humans. <laughs> um, it's, like, it's like a human company now. Um, yeah. It's just training and making more passionate people to talk about it. And so like my, my management class now with Judith White, much more interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, I can use this framework. I, like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting talking to this kid. I'm like, you know, we're going to make it autonomous. We, we value your opinion. We want you to come up with ideas to sell the nuts better. I learned that from Judith White. Amen. Amen. That's, that's, that's what I wish business education was. Well, I, so uh, I'll share this. A quick and that's story. almost a little bit. Uh, yeah. I want to hear your story. Yeah. Like it's kind of a little bit almost, I guess I could say on myself, like I'm not saying, like, Oh, I, not in any deprecating way but if i was working on something then i would be applying this mm. but i'm not i mean well, i'm working on this so i guess marketing and other but this is that's a whole different conversation but let's let's hear the story what do we got no so i think this is just another thing for co- high school slash college students to do right i transferred from community college <laughs> no like just transparently i did not get straight A's at the community college right i got like a b or two um, right. Getting straight into geese, probably not the easiest thing to do, whatever. I was like, well, my essay, and my resume was good. Right. I was doing the nut company, the management, like that was pretty cool. And that's, that's definitely what got me in here. It's the reason why I got waitlisted at some really good schools. My grades were whatever. I, I wasn't, you know, I was doing fine in my, in my high, I was doing great in my high school. Not the best though. Um, this is only, that that's why. And so I say that to, there was a story I heard on a, one of my favorite podcasts. Um, he was a college student at Duke VC comes in. He's in the room of Duke. So Duke's hard to get into, and this class is really competitive to get into this class. And so he's in talking to the class. He's supposed to be with the best of the best at Duke. And at the end of the conversation, the VC goes, okay, you guys are all the smartest kids at Duke. Pitch me on your product. Like, you have a a business you're running. I want to invest if I like it. No one raised their hand. This is Duke, one of the best schools in the country, and one of the best classes at Duke. You'd think someone raises their hand, some of the smartest kids in the country. No one raised their hand. And then the podcast host raises his hand. Spurts out this idea that him and his buddy came with the night before. Pretty terrible idea. It's like a sushi Chick-fil-A style or like a sushi Chipotle business, <laughs> right? This is my first million. I love this oh, story. Oh, I love that Told podcast. this story so many times. And so he comes up, pitches that idea. And the VC goes, wow, I'm not investing in that business. <laughs> but you should start it. Because you are going to walk out with the same resume as all 30 of these smartest kids at Duke, right? You're a really smart kid and you're one of the smartest kids at Duke. But you're going to have the same resume as everyone else. But if you have something on there that differentiates you, you started the business, right? Um, I'm talking with some people in my biz frat. 
um, like this um, this great girl Anya. She, she started a allergen friendly bakery cookie uh, business. Resin? Uh, I think Resin, so. I don't know how to say her last name, but yeah, no, she's awesome. I've had Incredible a lot of conversations girl. with her. Yeah, and because of she has like yeah, I mean, and she raised like at one point like ten twenty grand from the school, right? So she has practical business knowledge on there. I mean, that sets her apart on resume, right? She's yeah. already going to be crushing at school. She's already at Geese, great school, and she has had business like an actual business started. So, I mean, I, I know you say that, but you're doing a business here. But you just take this more serious, maybe. Like, find out more opportunities. I don't know. Um, I think everyone, if possible, should start something, right? Um, new friend of mine that I hope to become better friends with, this girl named Olivia in NK Psy, who um, was doing, like, more influence. She was, like, an influencer, a UGC creator, and now she's doing her own marketing agency. Love to hear it. Really want to talk to her more about it. I mean, I think we just need, we need more of that. I think you – small side hustles, just using what you learn in class and maybe – Consulting for a company. I, I don't know. It's something. Um, have something different on your resume to make you stand out. I like that. Yeah. I think there's actually, there are so many more kids down here that are doing something than I ever could have imagined when I came here. I've met so many. I guess that's just, I mean, Illinois is a pretty entrepreneurial school if you look at some of our alumni, right? The co-founder of YouTube was out of here. Um, I, we've talked about this at the jam sessions. Mm-hmm. And we, like, I think there was a stat, like the most, like, you I might as well start something. And then, then I, you know, somehow end up in chairs across from Austin Majors, who also transferred in here yeah. a little later. Um, but here, we're, let, let's ask you one more question, and then, we're, then we'll wrap it up because we're getting kind of close to our time here. Hmm. If a freshman's coming into college, maybe they have, like, no experience in anything entrepreneurial, or, like, they're just... But maybe they have that itch. They just don't really know about it yet. Or they don't know how to start. Well, I guess we kind of like hinted at that. But what advice would you give a freshman coming into college to like make the most of their time here, to like get the most out of the resources? Maybe it's something that has to do with college or maybe it just has something to do about being between the ages of 18 to 22. What would be that piece of advice? So I'll share a, um, a quick story. So... Graduated high school, right? Um, I was 17. Um, graduated high school, and then, like, that Monday after graduation, I had, like, I, I won't say I had, like, a panic attack or a breakdown, but, like, I, like, I, I, was, I was, like, I was, I was crying. Like, I had a really rough day because, um, like, life kind of hit me. It was, like, shoot, this is serious now. High school's over. I can't keep falling on the back of, like, you know, well, once I graduate high school, like, I, I'm just busy right now. Like, you know, it's a kind of a, a mental blockade in your brain. Um, and so once I graduated, like I said, that Monday after I, it was a rough day for me. Like I was like, shoot, like this is real life, you know? Um, and I'm so glad that that happened for me after I graduated high school, because I think in four years, a lot of our friends are going to have that same experience, but instead in four years, they're going to have that experience. They're also going to have like 200 grand in debt. I was lucky enough, graduate high school, no debt. I had the experience to say, shoot, what am I going to do? What's my next decision here? Am I going to go to community college? Am I going to accept one of these, uh, one of these schools that, I'm, that, I, I, that I got accepted to? Um, and so because of that moment of reflection and realization, I think we need to have it more. I think if you're 18, if you just graduated high school, if you're a freshman, sophomore in college, you should have that moment now as soon as possible so you can actually start to change and get rid of those mental blockades. And you should also do what I do, which is what I did, which is use LinkedIn. So I went on LinkedIn when I was considering geese to apply to. I'm considering applying to Illinois. And I just looked up uh, Geese Finance. 
and I connected with like 50 kids who, um, <laughs> who went to Geese currently and were in finance. And I connected with another like 20 kids who just graduated from Geese with a finance degree. And we're working like investment banking jobs. Like, I think the one kid was at um, Deutsche. Um, Deutsche Bank. If I, hopefully I'm saying that right. I have no clue. Yeah, you uh, are. I, believe, I think so. I believe you are. Yeah, and, yeah um, you are. <laughs> so I, I messaged oh, him. Oh, your dad works there. Yeah, he works right? there. That's, that's how. It yeah, is. That, so I know you're saying it right. <laughs> so nonetheless. I've been hearing hear about it for the last like 25 years. Wow. So, yeah, so it's, yeah. it is Deutsche. Yeah, it's Deutsche Bank. Yep. Deutsche Bank. There we Deutsche, go. Deutsche, Deutsche. It's all the same. Same thing. Nonetheless, yeah. I'm, I was like, okay, I'm going to find a kid who went to the school who has a cool job afterwards. Talked to him. Called him. Um, got on the phone with him. Pitched, like just ask questions about like his experience at the school, what he learned. He was like, yeah, so often like you hear like you know it's just a state school, but like there's actually some smart, cool people here. Um, that was one of the things that really resonated with me because like I just knew nothing about Illinois. I didn't know if it was good. I didn't know if we had smart people here. Um, but we do, obviously. Um, and so I kept doing that. I got on campus. I, like I said, I connected with those 50 people who were just at Geese studying finance. Cold DM'd all of them on LinkedIn. Out of the, I wrote like this long, cool pitch about who I was, what I was doing. <laughs> out of those 50, I got like five to respond. Out of those five, I got like two to meet me in person when I got to campus. One, this one named uh, Devin was his name. Got to reach out to him soon. And Devin and I sat down for a coffee. Devin then loved our conversation, loved meeting me. I loved Devin. And he gave me a list of, uh, he gave me this, this other kid, Rohan, to talk to. Um, Rohan gave me a list of five people. Austin's on the sheet, Luke's on the sheet, Aiden's on the sheet, Casper's on the sheet, and the rest is history. Um, but kind of, so back to what I recommend that uh, freshman does is you should be reaching out to people, juniors, uh, seniors. Reach out to them in the majors you are with maybe cool internships, cool offers, if that's what you're going into. If they have cool businesses, reach out to them as well. They would love to talk to you. They're going to give you incredible information, incredible network, because at the end of the day, if you're not just if you're if you're gonna go to a state school, gonna go to a school, the network the people you meet is like the biggest benefit from it. So utilize that. I think that's what business rats teach you. Like yeah. you have those active interviews every week, meeting new people, asking new questions, being good orators. It's what they teach you. I was already doing that. You should be doing that. Wherever I'm looking. You should be doing that. <laughs> Reach out to people at your school, juniors, seniors, come up with a cool little pitch about yourself. Let's say you haven't done much in life, sell it. Flip it. You waited at a restaurant. Flip it. Um, you, you know, you shoveled snow one year. I ran my own business shoveling snow for 50 <laughs> exactly. driveways because you did that across the entire winter. Flip it. Make it do the good pitch. Get the meeting. Be genuine. Be curious. Research some good questions. Come prepared. Um, you'll be so much further ahead than everyone, anyone else. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I'll, I'll just piggyback off that real quick. I think meeting Luke probably changed my whole college trajectory and that's in a lot of ways so like look if you're listening is like thank you yeah but also i met him and then i got the text to like the first jam session i didn't know anybody else was going i met luke for like a minute and a half then i got a text to come over to his apartment with like 20 30 other people i'm like bro like what am i walking into you know but like i went i didn't know what to expect i went opened the door and then met a lot of awesome people and then you know that ended up probably indirectly on why we're in this room today. So thousand percent. Yeah. yeah. Is it? What would you say? I mean, I don't think Luke has had that big of an impact on me. Yeah. No, yeah no. 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 My no, bad. But, just in general, your advice. It's got to be similar. Just like reach out to people, right? I mean, that's like like you said, the most important thing going to such a big school, such a craft school, I guess, is the network that you're gaining from it. And especially for me, I'm like surrounded by, like you said, some of the sharpest kids and 
the things like I can gain from them just by like talking to them, having a conversation with them. As long as you can find like not the weird ones, which there's a lot of them in Granger, but as long as you can find <laughs> as long as, as long as you can find the cool ones, like this semester especially, I've met some of the coolest people ever in w- within my classes, and like I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to do that anywhere else. And I think like that's that's I've learned more from just like talking to them and hanging out with them, doing homework with them, whatever it might be, than actually going to my lecture, whatever it might be. And that's the most important thing in general i think this is more than just school right i mean anywhere you go the most important thing is the relationships you make with people because that's you're learning from their experiences they can learn from yours yeah that's my two cents <laughs> awesome awesome and hey, this is the longest one we've ever done really yeah yeah what are we yeah. at hour 30 <laughs> wow yeah no hey <laughs> awesome thank you man great conversation uh, I'm definitely. I listen to everyone back, and I'm really. I'm gonna be looking forward to listening to this one. I, I hope we were able to get some cool moments, some inspirational, some educational, some funny moments out of here. Uh, yeah, no. Hey, if we all enjoyed the conversation, I had a good the rest time. is all in addition. Yes, sir. So, hey, for all you guys listening, thank you, Austin. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And have a great rest of your day, guys.